Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The most interesting story in sports over the last seven days, going back to last Saturday, is Antonio Brown. First, he was released by the Raiders. Then he was picked up immediately by the Patriots. Then there was some debate as to uh, how he's going to fit there in New England. Then a lawsuit comes out that has allegations of sexual advancement against him, and he's got himself in trouble, but how will it fit with his Patriot team? Uh, It's just been one uh, twist and turn after another. And we could certainly look at it from a football perspective, but I also wanted to look at it from a legal perspective. So I talked to my producer, Mr. Hickey, and he said, I got a guy for you. Uh, let's punch up Daniel Wallach from Wallach LLC uh, from the New Hampshire School of Law, Sports Wagering and Integrity Program. And I, I hear Daniel, first of all, thanks for joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you? I'm doing great, Jody. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Uh, Hickey teased me. You're supposed to do teases in radio. I'm terrible at that, but I try every once in a while. He teased me and said, Daniel's actually got a scoop for us. Do you have new information on Antonio Brown's legal situation? Uh, no, just that he's not completely out of the woods yet. I think much was made this week out of Commissioner Goodell's or the NFL's decision not to place him on paid leave on the commissioner's exempt list. And the only reason that the league didn't do this with Mr. Brown was he was never formally charged with a crime and there wasn't any investigation commenced by the NFL as of yet. But the NFL's investigation will begin next week. And I suspect that if this witness, uh, Ms. Taylor, turns out to be credible, and I suspect that she may be, I think that will give uh, the commissioner enough justification under the personal conduct policy to put him on paid leave while the league investigates the allegations further. The, 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 the bar for placing a player on paid leave is so low that all you need is some investigation where the, where the commissioner believes that a player may have violated the personal conduct policy. It doesn't require a finding of guilt or doesn't require a final determination. It gives the commissioner the ability to place the player in the penalty box, so to speak, for a cooling off period while the league conducts its investigation. Understood. And uh, I read this this week. You can either confirm that you read it as well or you might know that the reason why she said she was very willing to uh, work with the NFL and sit down and be part of the investigation but she had to get married this week that that her her honeymoon was the reason why she couldn't meet with Roger Goodell until next week. Well, I, I don't know if that's the reason, but I mean, the lawsuit was only filed on Tuesday and she's going to be meeting with the NFL probably within a week of the filing of the lawsuit. That's pretty quick in terms of commencing an investigation. So I, I don't know what the reason for the delay is, but this just came about within the last few days. Uh, so I would expect once she sits down and meets with the com- with the commissioner's investigators and provides documents and tells her side of the story, that that may be enough for Commissioner Goodell to decide to place Antonio Brown on paid leave, 
possibly as soon as next week or the week thereafter. So I, I think that this is headed towards a paid leave unless she turns out to be a completely not credible witness. Uncredible witness, understood. Now, here's uh, the next question needs to be answered. If you're the Patriots, what good does that do you? Now, there's one thing to get a guy suspended and you're without him and you put in the time and effort. It's not all that much time or effort because they just picked him up and they're just trying to acclimate him quickly into their system rather than having acquired him during the offseason. I'm all the way through camp uh, factoring in how much you think he's going to be able to give you. So from a football standpoint, I don't know that it's a terrible loss for the Patriots. But, oh, by the way, they got to pay this guy? He shows up, plays one week, and then the commissioner's going to come down heavy-handed and go, all right, well, he's suspended, but he's suspended on the commissioner's list, which means he still gets paid. If you're the Patriots, how long are you going to put up with that? Well, well Jody, I, I don't think anyone's going to hold a telephone for Robert Kraft. I mean, he's, he's a billionaire. The money is kind of besides the point. The real harm to the Patriots is they had to make room for Antonio Brown by cutting a player that otherwise would have been on their roster, maybe they wouldn't have traded Demarius Thomas. So placing uh, you know, Antonio Brown on pay leave harms the Patriots competitively because they're down one player and they're down a pretty good player. Could you imagine pairing him with uh, Josh Gordon? I mean, you're talking about an exceptional pair of wide receivers. So the Patriots are harmed. There's no question about it. But they made that decision with their, with their eyes fully open going into it. All right, we're talking to uh, Daniel Wallach from New Hampshire School of Law, Sports Wagering and Integrity Program. Um, this type of a case, uh, we've seen it before, call it what you want, he said, she said. Um, there were Her uh, filing of the lawsuit did include potential witnesses that will certainly be part of it. You got the immediate denial from Antonio Brown and his camp. I know that every case is a little bit different, but just in a generalization type way, how long does something like this take sorting through in the courts? Well, uh, in the in the federal court system, a civil lawsuit you know could take anywhere from one to two years, uh, maybe even longer when you consider appeals. But that's not Antonio Brown's primary concern. Primarily, his, his, his first issue is going to be dealing with the NFL's disciplinary system. And then, then, of course, potentially a district attorney investigating this from a criminal perspective. But Antonio Brown may be subjected to an NFL investigation on this as soon as next week. And he might be on the wrong end of a disciplinary sanction under, under Article 46 of the CBA for conduct detrimental uh, to the game of football. So during this calendar year, the league will both commence and probably complete an investigation. And if we look at some of the other cases that have occurred in the past with, with, with Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Ezekiel Elliott, Tom Brady with Deflategate, the league will probably take a couple of months at most uh, to commence and complete its investigation, and, and we'll see what happens then. And uh, if Antonio Brown is on paid leave during this entire investigation, he could very well be sidelined for the rest of the NFL regular season and the playoffs. Understood, and maybe I should be more in tune with the football aspect of it, but the uh, criminal-slash-legal aspect of it is also intriguing to me. This is a little different than the way most of these cases go because she didn't go to the police. She decided to just keep the assault to herself and then decided to sue in civil court rather than get the police involved. 
not usually the way it transpires, does mm-hmm. it make her case easier or more difficult that she decided to just sue rather than try and get Antonio uh, Brown in trouble with the law? Well, under the NFL's rules, I don't think it makes any bit of a difference whether she went to the police or not. Um, the commissioner has very broad powers under Article 46 to, to, to discipline a player for conduct detrimental to the game of football, and it doesn't hinge upon a finding of criminality or guilt. However, in every other instance that I can remember, whenever a player has been placed on the NFL's exempt list or has been disciplined for sexual assault or sexual violence, inevitably, in each one of those cases, you had a police report, you had, you had a, um, an indictment or something in which there was a criminal investigation which preceded the NFL's internal investigation. This is the first instance I'm aware of yeah. where an unsworn civil lawsuit has provided the impetus for the NFL to consider disciplining a player for conduct detrimental under Article 46. It's unprecedented, uh, you know, by my measure, in the, in the 12 or so cases where, where players have been placed on the exempt list, uh, in a, it, it almost invariably involved a criminal, uh, you know, issue. Agreed, which makes it, to me, intriguing and uh, will be precedent-setting once the decision comes down and once uh, Roger Goodell handles it. So it may be another 10 years before we have a similar type situation, but sometimes these things uh, tend to lead to others. Uh, So NFL players should keep their uh, wits about them and uh, not get themselves into these uh, precarious situations. Um He's going to play this week. Don't know how much the the Patriots are going to be able to get him up to speed. I don't expect him to have a big game, but I know uh, you also talk about sports wagering in the uh, uh, work that you do. Um, What are the numbers on Antonio Brown? Because with the advanced wagering that we have all around the country these days, it's not only uh, pick a team by five and a half points. They're uh, prop bets and uh, fantasy football and yardage to be gained and the like. What kind of usage do you think Antonio Brown will get out of the Patriots this week? Well, as as a uh, you know, player playing in his first game without the benefit of training camp, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't expect him to get a lot of targets. But going forward, uh, as he's acclimated into the game plan and assuming he's not placed on the administrative exempt list, I would expect his usage to, to increase over time. But honestly, if I were advising fantasy sports players and sports bettors. Uh, about the future of Antonio Brown, I'd be very cautious about investing in a player who could very well likely be placed on the uh, paid leave list as soon as next week or the week thereafter. I mean, I'm not predicting he will be placed on the list. It just it seems that um, you know if if you have a cooperating witness, somebody who's willing to talk to the NFL, that that is probably the most important criterion. For, for, for Commissioner Goodell to determine to place Adrian, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown on the list. Usually when players avoid discipline, it's because the, the victim refuses to cooperate with the NFL and the player uh, cooperates. Here we, we will likely have the inverse, Antonio Brown not willing to fully cooperate because he's, he's potentially subjected to criminal jeopardy and may face charges, and any kind of testimony he provides to the league could very well find itself 
in the context of a crim in the criminal proceeding and could be admissible in this federal civil lawsuit. And with the testimony of Ms. Taylor and her and her likely cooperation and forthcoming, you know, with documents, I think this lines up as likely to end up with uh, Antonio Brown being placed on administrative leave if she's somewhat credible as a witness, because the bar for paid leave is so low, it just requires the commissioner to find that, not even to find, but to suspect that a violation may have occurred. You can't get any lower than that. It's not proof beyond reasonable doubt. It's not a preponderance of the evidence like you see in civil lawsuits. It's, it's a bare minimal quantum of evidence. And I think uh, if she comes in to testify and provides documentation uh, to establish uh, at least some bare threshold, uh, that could be enough to justify the NFL placing, uh, you know, Brown on paid leave. It's not going to take a lot of evidence to put him there. One last question, uh, and this one's kind of uh, far-stretching. There had been some conversation during this offseason about potentially opening collective bargaining agreement talks early. They've still got a couple of years to go on the current collective bargaining agreement, but um, both sides said they would at least uh, be open to beginning the process earlier than they usually do. And there was uh, leaked slash planted information that one of the things the owners would be willing to do would be to cut back on Roger Goodell's all-powerful position of judger, of dean of discipline and suspensions and everything else. How does a case like this play on that? That if that was one of the chips that the NFL wanted to use, well, we'll we'll have more open arbitration process. We won't give Roger all the power to determine everything, and the players should look at that as a major give in our category. Well, Roger Goodell's got to play judge, jury, and executioner here Knowing that it may be part of the next collective bargaining agreement, does it have any input on how this case shakes out? Well, I mean, in order to get that kind of, uh, you know, fair, independent arbitration system, the players are going to have to give something up economically in return. And uh, I just can't imagine with the players losing ground in every successive negotiation going back, you know, you know, to 2007. I don't know how long it's been going on, but the players have been ceding ground uh, you know, each and every CBA. And if they want to change and overhaul the disciplinary system, they're going to have to cede even more ground economically. There is no way that the NFL uh, or, or Commissioner Goodell will willingly cede this kind of power or give up this kind of power. It's go- it would require significant givebacks economically or potentially a major court decision to, you know, alter the dynamic and and swing some of the power back from the commissioner to the players. But unfortunately, the commissioner's uh, disciplinary powers under Article 46 have been upheld and arguably expanded by virtue of the federal court decisions in Adrian Peterson, Tom Brady, and Ezekiel Elliott. So players are going to have to give up a lot to get what you're what, what, what you're proposing and this policy only impacts you know a very small percentage of players the vast majority of NFL players will never go through an article 46 disciplinary proceeding it impacts probably only a handful of players each and every year at most and the vast majority the other 98% of players aren't going to want to give anything back to protect the very small percentage of players who end up tripped 
uh, by Article 46 and fa- have to face the commissioner as fact finder, prosecutor, judge, appellate judge. <laughs> he does cover it all. Daniel, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much for the insight. We will talk to you again. I appreciate it, Jody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.